going to continue our study this morning of 1 John. We're in chapter 3 starting today. And there's kind of a there's kind of a pattern that forms in 1 John that I that I want to point out to you at this at, at this stage because he kind of writes this in sections and chapter 3 starts a new section, but it but it follows the same pattern. For instance, in Chapter 1, we saw God is light, and there is no darkness in him. And so, that that was great timing. (laughs) God is light, and there is no darkness in him. And so, we are told to walk in the light. As as God is light, we walk in the light. And we're told how to do that by first renouncing sin. Remember chapter 1, verse 9, confess your sin. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we confess, we renounce sin. We are obedient to his word. We're obedient to his teachings. We walk as he walked. We reject worldliness. We love God, not the world. And we abide or remain in him. We remain in the truth. We remain in the spirit. We remain in his presence. And and that's how we... How, how we walk in the light. Well, now he's going to tell us that God is our Father. And so we should live as children of God. And how do we live as children of God? We renounce sin. We're obedient to his word. We reject worldliness. And we remain or abide in him. So we see this pattern continue in these different sections of First John. So we're gonna, let's take a look. We're just going to hit three verses today. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. It is up here behind me. See what great love the Father has given us that we should be called God's children. And we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when, we, when He appears, we will be like Him because we will see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. So He, he begins by telling us, or talking about great love. Now, different English translations translate this different ways. What great love can be, what manner of love, what kind of love, what marvelous love. Because what, they're, what the, they're, the English translators are trying to gather in here, what they're trying to show us in the English language, is that this is a love that does not appear anywhere else. This is a love that does not exist in mankind. This is a love that, apart from God, does not exist at all. That's the manner, the kind, the marvelous love of God. Love that does not, is not in mankind anywhere apart from God. So this kind of amazing, radical, marvelous love is the love God has for you. That's the love God has for you. This this incredible, radical, unchanging love completely different than anything we can ever experience anywhere else. Love is what God has for you. And it says that it's been given to us or bestowed 
upon us or lavished upon us or poured out on us. And, it's, and that, that verb to pour out or to give, <clears throat> that's in the perfect tense. And we've talked about this, but in the perfect tense, that's something that has happened in the past that still, mat- still matters today, still has present day result. So what, what John is telling us is this incredible love, this, this radical love, this love that does not exist apart from God is our permanent possession. It has come to us and it is ours now. It, it, it cannot be taken away from you. You can't lose it. You can't outrun it. This love of God is yours. It's come to you and it's yours. And it's so much so that he calls us God's children. It, it, literally, it says children of him who is God. We are his children. Now, I want you to understand this children is a position. It's, it's, it, it's certainly family, but it's a position in the family. We're God's children. And so we are his heirs. We are, we are in the family. We're part of his household. The God who created everything, who sustains everything, you, if you know Christ, you are in his household. You are one of his children. Now, this is a common misconception. We often think, well, all of mankind is God's children. But that's not literally what Scripture says. John, in his gospel, in chapter 1, says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So those who know Christ are children of God. In his family, in his household, we hold this position. Now, why does that matter? Well, the unbeliever, when he sins, he sins against God and the law. When a believer sins, a believer sins against his father and love. There's a difference, isn't there? There's there's an astounding difference. When we choose sin over God, we're choosing sin over our father, who loves us with a love that is that is so incredible, so amazing, it doesn't exist apart from him. That's what we're sinning against. So it matters. So sin matters in the Christian life. So John goes on in his gospel to say that those were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, or the will of man, but of God. We are reborn in Christ into the family of God. John talked about this to Nicodemus, didn't he? In John chapter 3, he talked about, he, he told Nicodemus, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's that born again that Jesus was talking about. John is telling us what that looks like. What it looks like is that we are now born again into the family of God. We're now his children. We're now a child of God, a loved child of God. A love, again, that doesn't exist apart from God. A love that is only found in God. That love making you a child as you're born again into his family. So this doesn't just describe the love that God has for us. It describes what that love does. What that love does is who, who it makes us. It makes us a child of God. We're in, the, we're in God's family. We're in God's household. 
We're an heir with Christ. We, we, are, we are in this position because of the incredible, amazing, radical love of God. That's the position that, that we're given. And then he says, it, it's so much, so we will be like him, he says. We will, when, when Christ appears, we will be like him. Now, I want to correct something right away. Does this say we're going to become gods? No. No, it does not. It doesn't say that. Think about Adam and Eve in the garden. Um, I, know, I know Brad loves Genesis 3. Everything comes, comes back to Genesis 3. Sort of like uh, everything for me comes back to the Exodus. But think about, in, in John 1, 26, it says, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So Adam and Eve are made in the image and likeness of God. Did Adam and Eve have all power? No. Were they omnipotent? Were they omnipresent? Were they, no, they weren't above time. None of that was true. They were made in the image and likeness of God. I think this, this really shows in our innate sense of justice. We have this innate sense that there is wrong and there is right. And as much as our society wants to try and blur that line, we know deep within ourselves there's right and there's wrong. That comes from our image of God. That comes from our likeness with God. So, so when, when, when John says we will be like him, we will be more like Christ. This is, you realize, this is what the process of life is about, is becoming more like Christ. Stuff that happens in our lives is made, it comes to us so that we will be more like Christ. So we will become more and more like Christ. You see this kind of progression here. And, and then he says, in, in, uh, he says, the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Those who are reborn of God stand out from the world. You know, I read just this morning, I read an article this morning. It's disturbing. But the, the article was called The Growing Disdain in America for Christianity. You know, last year, there were over 900 attacks on churches. 900. That's double the year before and eight times what it was before COVID. There was a growing disdain for Christian churches. Why? We stand out. We're different than society. We, we talked about this when we talked about love for the world and love for God. The world system is against God. The world system is about self. But Christianity is about God. Christianity is about who Christ is and what Christ has done. And so we stand out. We're different. And that's what he says. If, if the world didn't know Christ, it won't know us. Those who do not know Christ will not understand our faith. Those who do not know God, who want to deny God, will want to deny us. It's the way it is. Because we stand out. The word holy literally means set apart for a purpose. We see the word purity later here, and, and, it's, and purity is related. It is to be purified to be for, for a purpose. 
We are set apart for a purpose. We are to be holy, and we are not to be like the rest of the, the, the world. We're not going to be. And John tells us, because it doesn't know God, it will not know us. John, in, in, uh, in chapter 1 in his gospel, he said, speaking of Jesus, he said, The life was in him, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, but the darkness did not understand it. People are not, those apart from God, are not going to understand us. They're not going to understand our faith. Now, I'm not trying to say that that means we're at war with them. We're not. We're shining this light into the darkness. Each one of us are shining this light into the dark world we live in now. But the, the darkness will not understand it. We are going to stand out. And then he gives us more of the now and the not yet. We're, uh, we're, we're told we're now children of God, but what we are going to be is not yet revealed. I talked last week about uh, salvation and how salvation is a now and a not yet. Because salvation takes care of our past, it forgives our past, takes care of the past. It empowers and redeems our present and it secures our future. So there is a now and a not yet to our salvation. There's a now and a not yet to our Christ-likeness as well. We will not fully understand what it means to be a child of God until he comes back. When he comes, we will fully understand the position we hold in the family of God. So, so we have this idea of progression that, that we are not... I think in, in simple terms, what John is saying is God loves you with this incredible, amazing love, but he, just as you are. But he loves you so much, he won't leave you where you are. He won't leave you as you are. He wants you to grow. And as we grow, we become more and more like Christ. And as we grow, we shine the light more and more. We saw in chapter 1 that, that as the light shines in us, it illuminates the dark part places in us. And it burns those off. And we become more light. That's, that, that John still has that image for us here. Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians 13. He said, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. There's, there's this idea that we don't know what the not yet is, but we have hope in it. We have no fear of it. We can stand before God because of Jesus. We can stand before God and know that, that our sin is forgiven, our past is taken care of, our present is redeemed and empowered, our future is secure. We can stand before God knowing that we're a child of God, a loved, beloved child of God. Because then, when we stand before God, There'll be no more sin. There'll be no more, no more death. We will see clearly. God sees us clearly now. Paul, as Paul said, I will know then even as I am fully known. I have been fully known. 
God knows us fully now. If you think there's something in your life that you've got hidden from God, you don't. You don't. He knows you fully and loves you with a love that is so incredible and so radical and so amazing that it's hard to describe in English. That's the love that God has for us. And that's what John is telling us, that, that someday we will see him. We will know the love of God completely the way we are completely loved now. So John says we have a responsibility. There is our responsibility in this. He, he says everyone who has this hope in Jesus looks for this arrival and, and purifies themselves. Now purify means to cleanse or to set apart in dedication. Again, related to the word holy, we are set apart for God as holy. We are set apart in dedication when we purify. And, and this verb is, is in the present tense. And so it's something that we're consistently doing. We're maintaining, we're keeping our purity. How do we do that? How do we maintain our purity? We told us back in chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sin, then he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Remember, we talked a lot about this. Our forgiveness is based upon his righteousness, not ours. It's based on his faithfulness, not ours. And so we just come to him as a loving father, and we say, this is, uh, this is what I've done. And we cleanse ourselves. And we keep ourselves cleansed by confession. That's what John is talking about by purifying ourselves. What I want you to hear from these three little verses is this incredible love God has for you. An incredible, radical, amazing, unchanging Love that's hard to describe in English. A love that makes you a son or daughter with Christ in God's family. Are you a son or daughter? Are you in God's family? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and just consider that question. Because if you're not, you can be. It's a simple prayer this morning that, that acknowledges sin. We're just going to do what chapter 1 verse 9 told us to do. We're going to confess our sin. God, I have done things wrong. I have said things wrong. I have thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus died on the cross to pay my price, to pay for my sin. So I ask you to forgive me because you are faithful and you are righteous, not because I am. And I ask you to empower my present. Forgive my past. Empower my present. Secure my future. So that I am a child of God today. And what I will be is hard to even imagine. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor, let them know. Maybe this morning you know 
Christ. But as you think through the last week, it's really been about self and it's not been about him. It hasn't been living as a child of God. It's been living as a child of this world. We take this time right here to ask God to forgive you and to realign with your Father who loves you. Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you that that you love us with a love that can't even be described in, in our language. We thank you. Help us to remember to live as children of yours. In Jesus' name, amen.